hey everyone, Tom here, Alpha Metallica, back with yet another episode of the show. We are really closing in now. I mean, this is one of the final like giant songs of theirs, you know, that that, that we're tackling, and 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 fitly, fittingly, it's one of these you know journeyman songs, one of these nomadic anthems that is just uh, yeah. Love this song, as I'm sure many, many people do. And today we're going to get to the song. We're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss it with a guest. Before we do that, follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with the show, you want to discuss something, um, you know, I'm always looking to do new episodes as the show is closing. I'm going to do an episode shortly just to sort of explain how the, what Alphatal is going to be properly as it's going forward. I've, I've mentioned it a lot in the episode as well, but just to sort of uh, clarify and codify that. But yeah. Essentially, way more long-form content, uh, you know, so if you want to get on board with that, I've already got a few people interested, and we're going to cover, uh, like, members of the band and stuff like that, so, uh, yeah, follow us there, Patreon and iTunes, if you want to support the show, you can leave us a review on iTunes, you can also support us on Patreon, get access to episodes like this before they drop on the main channel, um, check us out on all the different streaming platforms and stuff like that, but, yeah, today, uh, all the way from Warsaw is Harry, Harry, how's it going? I'm all right, Tom, how are you? I'm, I'm good, and I, and I just say Warsaw. And I know we get a lot of overseas listeners. I'll be like, well, the, you know, I'm not even saying Birmingham. Warsaw is kind of like, you know, an area of Birmingham or, or the Midlands, so to speak. And uh, yeah, it's just I was saying to you before we went on there, it's ironic that a song that is about traveling far and wide. I have someone on the show that, you know, I mean, <laughs> my, my secondary school is pretty much in Warsaw, man. So this is surreal for me. Couldn't be, couldn't be closer, really, could yeah, it? Yeah, this is this is boggling my mind. <laughs> but um, we'll get on to uh, we'll get on to Metallica. Like yourself and the band, how did that happen? Um, I just remember really, I used to see my dad's car and just used to hear him on the radio. Mm. And uh, the first song I really heard was Seek and Destroy. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, this is all right, you know, this is. Mm. But um, I remember the one music video always used to be on, you know, the old Kerrang. Oh, I used to love the old oh, Kerrang. Yeah. You're right, it was always on, yeah. Is that, is, yeah. Does Kerrang still exist as a channel or? Uh, I don't think so anymore because it used to be a uh, Scuzz, wasn't it? Scuzz, Scuzz existed as well. Yes, yeah, seminal uh, UK music video channel. Yes. But, but yeah, a lot. Yeah, me for Kerrang, definitely. Um, that that had that exposure. But so going forward, then, like you know, I know you're comparatively quite young, right? Nineteen. Yeah. 19, so yeah. nineteen. So have you devoured the whole back catalogue? Like, have you had time? Like. Yeah, yeah, like I do. I mean, I do. I, I love all Metallica. To be fair, mm. like I quite, I really like the load and reload stuff. I like, obviously, I okay. prefer the original four yeah, well. and uh, the Black album. But you know, I, you know, I mean, St. Anger's probably my least favorite, but I still, still think there's some decent songs on there. Right. And, uh, I think the last two, Death Magnetic and Hardwired, are brilliant. Yeah, so. yeah, Death Magnetic or Hardwired, which is better in your view? <sighs> I, th- I think I leaned towards Hardwired just because I saw him on the Hardwired mm, tour, so I'm a bit more well. affectionate towards that. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. I don't know. I think. I think throughout. I think Death Madness. It's a bit more consistent throughout. You know what I mean? I think so as well. Whereas, yeah. yeah. I mean, sonically, so I, obviously, yeah, Hardwired trumps it on, on infinite levels. But um, so we get to wherever I may roam. Do you remember seeing that on Kerrang? I don't. I don't really remember them playing that video much, to be honest. No, I, I can't really remember seeing it on Kerrang, to be fair. Um, it was more more just through, going as you say, going through Metallica. Yeah, for me it was through like S&M, first. more than anything. Oh, yeah. 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 S&M used yeah. to. It's kind of like a de facto greatest hits, because you know, we don't really have yeah. one. We don't really need one in the, in the streaming era, especially. But um, it was there. And let's just get into this track, because rightly, hugely celebrated song by the band you know they 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 they've played it hell a lot you know it was one of the main uh, singles 
from the Black Album. And the Black Album, so much, Harry, is musically, ideologically, for Metallica, going into uncharted waters. And this intro, on paper, should sound terrible. There's a gong, there's a sitar, you know, it, it, it just reeks of that, in, you know, the glorious excess of rock or whatever, but it absolutely works. It's quite magical and mysterious still, I think. It's really effective. I think you're putting a heavy metal song under big pressure if you're opening it with a sitar, aren't you? Yeah. So uh, be good, but... Uh, yeah, it, it just sums up really Metallica in the Black Album era, doesn't it? Just all this different Everything. instrumentation and stuff rather than just their basic kill them all rather lightning type of loud guitars, loud drums, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's really gentle and delicate. Yeah. And then, you know, there's like bells being flicked as well amongst the drums and some like, um, you know, odd chimes. And then yeah. the God slide of Hetfield comes in and the riff just asserts itself, you know, and the tone is irresistible. And then obviously the riff speeds up and, it, you know, it's classic sort of Metallica. They can really control that tempo so adroitly. But just as it, like, it's like this fucking T-Rex on the horizon, like. I love it. It's it's the old twelve string bass makes it as well. The big gong, isn't it? Like the just the boom, and then the mm-hmm. whole whole just song just sort of unfolds in front of you, doesn't it? I like the fact oh. that you said unfolds because because the song does have this almost tidal aspect to it. When it gets into the verses, it slows and it kind of like you know the water's drawn out somewhat, and it just takes a bit of a breather, and then it can accelerate forward um in terms of the 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 lyrics themselves and the you know the the whole the whole sort of structure or whatever found an interesting little article on classic rock great website great institution again not there with kerrang and scuzz or whatever uh and they were talking about this album and you know how incredible it was and uh, this is a quote from it saying quote i'd never heard a demo like this bob rock said as he sat with lars and james in one-on-one for the filming of the classic album program they were listening to the eight-track version of wherever i may roam that lars and james had cut at lars's little home studio in lieu of any completed lyric hetfield was just wailing the melody as a guide rock looked prepared Rock looked mildly perplexed. It was another of the band's unique working practices. Music and lyrics were kept separate until late in the process, as we say. But basically what the what the uh, article goes on to say is that because there weren't really any lyrics written at all for the album, it allowed Rock to exert more of an influence. And I'm not saying he brought this whole sort of, you know, journeyman highway idea to James, but I think holistically it allowed James to go into different directions. Yeah, it probably so. It's probably just following. Obviously, the the first four albums were all very simplistic, weren't they? In terms of sure. building the songs and song structure, whereas obviously with Bob Rock in the mix, oh. they've um, they've sort of he's he almost challenges them, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Like you see on the uh, a year and a half in the life of Metallica video when they're doing that, and uh, he's constantly like pushing them and pushing them to create almost a perfect song, isn't he? He wants a perfect album. He does. He so does. I think he's trying to create more of maybe a complex lyrical structure to the song rather than perhaps I don't know I say that yeah just quite complex wasn't it but it kind of like works on two levels because there are so many rock songs about being on the road and the road and like you know Megadeth had like the killing road and you know it's a common sort of you know motif a sigil to put into these songs and that's fine and you know this song I know is kind of about 
Metallica being road dogs and whatever and you know they totally work they totally are like you know incredible work rate that they put into it but I kind of like more the idea of just this kind of hobo Woody Guthrie type figure this kind of Emersonian sovereignty like you know earth becomes my throne like there's something quite grand about the language wherever I may roam you know yeah, well, you don't hear the words nomad, vagabond, you know, you rock songs often. Yeah, like, even Rover, uh, even Rover's quite rare, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, I think he just sums up Hetfield's lyrical genius, though, doesn't it, really? Like, it's, I think, for me, I think it is probably his finest, finest hour in regards, regards to lyrics. This but, song? Um, yeah, I mm, think so. I think okay. it's up there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think really uh, considered, one, I think, also, just in terms of lyrical Yeah, quality, one. Yeah. Bleeding me on a different level as well. Bleeding, but, um, yeah. If someone came to you and they're like, yo, the lyrics to Am I Savage just like sum me up, I'd be like, bro, I'm like, you know, just careful. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> slightly, slightly oddball. But the, yeah, the lyrics to this I do really enjoy and I do enjoy, um, you know, this kind of Woody Guthrie uh, idea, Walt Whitman uh, that James is calling to. And, the, you know, that kind of like don't tread on me, that idea, you know, I'll take my time anywhere free to speak my mind anywhere. You know, yeah. some of the grander themes of the Black Album are about, you know, self-definition and, um, you know, one's individual quality versus the whole. But um, the song goes forward and the song can march and the song can pull back. And um, I love the way the riff, the riff is like, boom, down, 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 boom. It's just keeping returning back to that root note, you know? Yeah, it's such a heavy riff, isn't it? It's so, it's it's very like solid, isn't it? They can just keep returning to the riff. and. Yeah. Because there isn't, well, again, there isn't safe, much it? in this song. Like it does, because it, it's quite slow and it kind of morphs. It almost tricks you how there's kind of two, not tricks you, but like you don't kind of quite realize. It's a bit like Saint Anger as well. The song Saint Anger is like seven odd minutes, but there's like two yeah. or three actual riffs in it, and they just kind of milk it for all it's worth. And they they do it again with this song. You know, we do have the little variation with the harmony now, 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 now. Like they always like to do those sort of ideas, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with you on the um, length of the song. Like, it, it's almost seven minutes, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you don't, you don't. Like, I think when you're enjoying a song, it goes quicker, don't it? Almost. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I remember looking at it when I saw it seven minutes and thought, what? Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, long, sure, right? it was like four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, I think it's one of the longest songs. It's probably the longest song on the album, it's isn't it? Might but... very well be actually. Yeah, it's it's certainly one of the longer rockers off there. Um, yeah. You know, it does kind of ray in there, but in terms of, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it gets boring necessarily, though. No, and I don't think I it, it kind of suffers yeah. for it. But you are right, yeah. It's six minutes forty-four, so it is just a shade under uh, "My Friend of Misery," which oh, is yeah. two seconds longer. So yeah, it's kind <laughs> of. And then you have songs like you know "Holier Than Now," and which is yes. you know one of their shorter ones, and "Struggle Within." And, and, oh yeah, I was listening to "Struggle Within" actually today as well, and I was listening back to this song, and I just fucking. That breakdown riff in that song just is astonishing to me. Like, you know, just really kind of in love with it all over again. But yeah, as we get into the solo, I think yet again, Kurt crafts something special here. You know, I I love his solo. It doesn't have as much identity as, say, a Sandman. It's kind of more of a sad but true. It's kind of playing with space. It's kind of serpentine. It's coiled. But but I love the command of it. I I think it's one of them, isn't it, where the riff's better. But just purely because Kurt doesn't make it so spectacular, if you know what I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't. I don't, I don't know. So like, it doesn't go away from the song. No, no, like, it doesn't. <clears throat> whereas, like in maybe some of the load songs or reload, it can be a bit. 
over excessive, maybe a bit boring. Sure, sure. The note, the note choice isn't there. I think on on yeah, load yeah. and reload. Yeah, it's too too blues boxy, and just yeah, yeah too much war as well. And it's not even because obviously there's tons of war on this, but the war kind of works with the bends and the squeals, and it gives this oily kind of mercurial uh, element to it. And um, you know, I like how when the song slows down, Kirk's solo over the top, like whipping yeah. over the top, like that. That sounds epic. Those two things together, like. Yeah, they sound brilliant, don't they? I think Hetfield and uh, Kirk always have a bit of a bit of an epic sounding guitar duo, don't mm, they? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It just works perfectly. Look, I love, I love the stage that it's given. And um, what, what do you make of the rhythm section throughout the song, uh, Jason and Lars? Uh, it's, it's just solid, isn't it? It keeps it. Do, I think Jason's really good, to be fair, mm. in the song because it just perfectly keeps the song bouncing on, doesn't it? Yeah. There's no. Um, the backing it, vocals it's all as well. About the rhythm, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think it's one of those songs where I think back in the nineties, think it's one of the live. What's the word like? It's one of the top live songs to see yeah. from Metallica, just because it's so. It just kill. It just, it's just killer, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. the video as well. The video is like an advert to see Metallica live, yeah. like the way. But it's I, shot, yeah, in such a meretricious way. But but it's fantastic and. Uh, but but yeah yeah I, I agree I, not too much to say on on the rhythm section um, but yeah does the job exactly as does Kirk's yeah. solo and Kirk again we have a solo at the end one of my favourite things in heavy music in rock music in guitar music is like a solo that comes in at the end and like ends the song like, I always just like that as a choice and I like the sort of solos kind of like Night Train by Guns N' Roses or yeah. um, House of Pain by Van Halen uh, which closes 1984 which end with solos like this one that have you turn your speaker up right to the end because you because it plays off and you're just yeah, trying to hear like an extra that. note or two like kirk has some cool stuff just as the volume's going down there's a wicked legato pattern like yeah it doesn't i've always found it weird that the solo never really gets recreated live that end one no no they do sort of like a jump down, no? yeah yeah they, well, like, lars comes in with some like just some tom some slams like stuff. yeah you know. but, <laughs> yeah that's just just stats like Lars just Lars just it up at the end of, of the actual yeah. live version. Yeah, there's no there's no concrete ending. But but yeah, like it's kind of like with Nitro by Guns N' Roses as well because you know obviously they can't just t- turn turn all the house noise down and just yeah. kind of replicate that on stage. Well, yeah. But that'd be cool if it did. But um, yeah, I mean this song again, you know, for me just has such a march to it, and I love the Eastern sort of Phrygian influence on it as well sonically. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely not your normal like heavy metal. Metallica song is it if you know what I mean I do find it to be one of the most more different if you know what I mean it's more of a different heavy song mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. like um it has it's that heavy, but it like doesn't like it's like it, attack or pound you doesn't it it just kind of asserts yeah. itself like yeah yeah that's what it is it's quite um, like a dominant song on the album isn't it it's quite yeah. Just mighty. Yeah, it is. It is, and uh, you know, because of that, you know, people love this song. Seven hundred ninety-five times it's been played, yeah. which is, you know, I imagine. So we, the first performance was October twelfth, ninety-one, in Oakland, California, and then the last performance was this year. So just just under two months ago, September eighth, two thousand nineteen, in San Francisco. Um, so obviously that was, uh, you know, that went down. But um, this has been on pretty much every tour, then, you know, and it, it's always going to yeah. be, I guess. It is on every tour, but it hasn't really appeared to be much of a staple recently, has it? I know mm. they uh, they throw it out occasionally, but I think I think it sort of got sacrificed for one of the hardwired songs, hasn't it? Now, yeah. So probably Revenge or I don't know any of the newer hardwired ones mm-hmm. they put on, but yeah, yeah, Halo. Yeah, or something. It's, yeah. A, 
Yeah, but they're definitely. Uh, it's definitely been pretty much a regular set, hasn't it? It's been yeah, I think on it, especially kind of so. yeah, especially through the '90s period that embodied this, yeah. this song in yeah. a way. Like when they were living, you know, they named a goddamn tour after this song. You know, yeah. this this was really at the beating heart of that ideology. And this uh, was a single as well, of course. So here in the UK, apparently it was number twenty-five on the singles chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it charted at number one in Finland, number two in Norway, uh, and then on the US album rock tracks. But I always say this. The US doesn't count in Myers because you literally, you guys have like nine billion charts. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, the country heat seekers, southern coast. Like, you know, <laughs> calm down with your fucking charts. Uh, Netherlands, also France, was in their top 10. So, um, just found a little bit of interesting info as well on this song that um, the demo uh, for this came out uh, on a single, I believe, or in some sort of professional capacity. Uh, and the, this is a demo in particular was recorded on August 13th, 1990 in Lars's basement. And um, yeah. Lars wrote this as a little description when it went out, maybe on some sort of B-side back paper or whatever, saying, quote, One of our earliest demos. This track is distinguished by the fact that we all knew the song had to be called Wherever I May Roam because those were the only lyrics James had worked out. This is a typical <laughs> example of how we work, with James only coming up with the vocal melodies and the rest of us having to continually suffer through hearing about something or somebody named Wan Nah, nah. Once again, the only two, two. Now, I haven't heard this, but I need to find a clip of this. Once again, the only two Metallicas present were James and Lars, which means it's James playing the guitar solo. So yeah. apparently, there's Jimmy J. Have you heard that all? Yeah, I have. It's, it is a different solo, isn't it? Mm, okay, is it, is, it, what, sure. is it good or. Uh, I mean, it's not bad at all. It's, it's got James bending those strings, like, he's yeah, got soul, like, you know. Exactly, it's, it's Hetfield, he, he's God, isn't he? But, um, yes. I, I don't know, he, I, I do, I think the solo on the prop, the finished song's much better, to be honest, but mm. I think, yeah, it's a nice little solo to work with. Okay, okay, well, um, yeah, guys, that is uh, Wherever I May Roam. And as always, we go to you guys on the Twitter as well. So follow us at 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 Metallica Pod on the Twitter. And you know what we do before every episode. You know, normally like a day or two before each episode records, I'll go on there and ask what you guys think of the song that we're about to record the episode on. So we've got some feedback as always from at Metallica Pod. Sabbath Bloody Podcast says even more so than Sandman. This track truly encapsulates this era of Metallica. A gloriously massive tone with primal stripped-down lyrics, this is what made Metallica the apex predator in all music. Being undeniable does not make one a sellout. This stuff is just next level. Great tweet. That's a great comment. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a deep thought. Ralph Sounds says... Yeah, 
Yeah, Ralph says, uh, love this Hetfield Ulrich Penn tune about a musician's life on the road. One of my favourite Black Album tracks for sure. Kirk's sitar intro with Lars's percussive flourishes as a grand intro to the song. Then the slow build up into the main riff, which by the way kicks all kinds of ass, is a really nice touch. Sparse music during the verses works superbly too. Kirk's lead work is spot on here, and Jason handles his bass work exquisitely, including that crackling 12 string he uses as an accent. All in all, Rome is a Metallica classic and was great to see an SM2. Jamie Whitehead says a Metallica classic. Connor says this is by far and away the best Black Album song for me. James vocally sounds fantastic on this song, and I especially think he sounds even more epic on the San Diego 92 version. One of the best Kirk solos as well. Top 15 Metallica song. Dr. Bass says I'm not hugely hot on the Black Album, but this is fairly underrated in my opinion. Brilliant intro, great chorus, on point solo. What else do you need? And finally, Lorna says fucking amazing. I can't count how many times I've jammed to this with my mates. I adore it. Harry, any uh, final thoughts on this one? Uh. Just probably, it is my favourite Metallica song. I think it's just, okay. yeah, it's just kick ass. That's what it is. <laughs> it, is. it is just kick ass. And I, I think, as someone else said, it, it does encapsulate the black black album era perfectly. Really, mm-hmm. the lyrics, the the structure, just it is about touring, isn't it? And obviously, we all know about the black album tour. So yeah, yeah. So uh, last, we'll end up with a few quick five questions. I mean, we've just had your favourite song there. So, what is your favourite album by the boys? Uh, I'll say Justice. Justice. Justice, mm. yeah. Just Justice or Master. <laughs> okay, good choice. I, I know you're Load and Reload guy, but the fact that you said that, that has, yeah. uh, that, that has pleased me. Yeah, why Justice? <laughs> um, I, ju- I just, it's one of those albums you can just put, put on start to finish and you can mm. just smile almost at just how good it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like any album that opens with Blackened and ends with Dollars it, you're flying. True, true. It's just... Yeah. Good point, good point. What about favourite member of the band? Uh, James. James. I do love Jason, to be fair. I do love Jason, but it's, it's got to be James. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, you seen them live? Have you seen them live at all? I've seen them three times, all okay. in the, all on the same tour. Saw them in Birmingham, 2016. Oh, was that October 30th? Yeah, I was yeah. there, man, yeah. Yeah, that was the first time. And then I saw them at the uh, Etihad and Twickenham. Just oh, in the summer. Yes, I remember when they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were at Twickenham as well. I was there as yeah, well. What the yeah. fu- okay, cool. Yeah. Unreal. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. They, they were some great fucking shows. Okay, cool. Yeah, and awesome. uh, finally, if you do do a podcast about a band that you love like this, what would you cover? Uh, as in what band would I cover? Yeah, as in what? Yeah. Uh, or there any bands you love like Metallica or maybe you'd. Want I, I think cover, Metallica like. number one, but mm. I do love. I like Alice in Chains, mm. Guns N' Roses, and yeah. maybe Maiden, Slayer as well. Slayer, I think, okay, I, there's definitely GNR and Maiden podcasts. I don't know if there's an Alice in Chains podcast, but hypothetically, yeah. that would be fucking awesome. That yeah. Would be a really good podcast. Yeah, because there's just, there's obviously loads to, to cover, but yeah, the music. So it looks like, no, I always Google it, no, okay, so that, it, it looks like there are episodes of podcasts on Alice in Chains, but yeah, but there no isn't actually a... Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. no! Someone's just released an episode on on Reddit, apparently. So I need to go investigate <laughs> further. Maybe this exists out there, but uh, but yeah. Um, anything you'd like to promote? Finally, uh, no, not really. You can follow me on Twitter, hatechuttingham six for some uh, tweets about Metallica. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Tweets about Metallica, and follow us at Metallica Pod for tweets about Metallica as well. Get in touch with me at com if you want to come on the show and discuss something or just hit me up for whatever reason. Patreon and iTunes are there if you enjoy the show and you want to give back to the show. 
episodes like this will be on there first and compilations and stuff like that i think by the time this has dropped my uh every metallica support band volume two that's about an hour of content that's really good really proud of that so that's on the patreon as well i think that will drop by this time but stuff like that will be on there um yeah subscribe to us on youtube comment below let us know what you thought about wherever i may roam we'll be back next week well is that the last week next week no i think we've got a little bit longer than next week until we close the final run but yeah we've got okay we've got three songs left so we have whiplash whiskey in the jar and you really got me and i've already recorded whiskey in the jar that's on the patreon actually i recorded that ages ago uh because um yeah randy got married so we kind of did it beforehand shout out to randy and great podcast love and four legs so uh yeah guys i've kind of rambled on a bit there at the end but harry thank you again for coming on this has been great cheers tom thanks very much really enjoyed it 